Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of our wrestling podcast. So without further ado, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. And today's topic, this is China. Along with Jess. Hello. And Cuz. Sup, guys. Giving you our perspective on the world and wrestling from a pure fan standpoint. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on for our topic today, we are going to talk about a woman of many firsts. We are going to talk about China today, guys. It's I think it's very fitting. Uh, we've got the Hall of Fame coming up, either, you know, with or before this uh this this particular episode airs, but it's been a topic of ours off the podcast for quite a long time. Um, there's a lot of if ands or buts about China, a lot of arguments about China. I think it's just a <clears throat> a fantastic topic, uh, personality, character, person uh, that that we can we can touch base on. Um, just to give you a couple of ideas, guys, Bill is the ninth wonder of the world. Uh, we talked about the first, you know, she she was the first female enforcer. She's the first woman's intercontinental championship, which, by the way, she's held twice. She's the first woman to participate in a Royal Rumble match and a King of the Ring tournament. And she was the first woman to become a number one contender for the actual WWF championship, not the Divas championship, the WWF championship. So and she's held major victories over major male wrestlers, which, quite frankly, has never happened before, with the exception of maybe there's there's some lucha stuff out there where, uh, quite frankly, sex doesn't matter. But that doesn't happen on the main stage, the world stage, uh, until China breaks onto the scene. You know, uh, anything you want to get you guys want to talk about China, any, you know, before we get into the uh, early years and the, the wrestling years and some of the tragic uh, events that on foil after. How do you she feel about definitely, China? She was definitely different, and I think obviously that sets it apart. Whenever you get something that's different that goes against the grain of what you've been doing, uh, you're going to get all kinds of interest. I think she also came along at a period where it, it change was happening, not just in the world, but in the wrestling world. It was changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she also became part of a group that represented that change that kind of spearheaded a lot of that change. So she was perfectly fit in the right people found her, the right people brought her in the right people put her in the right group. And I think all that together was it, it was perfect. I mean, it really was, it was just the best. And it was during the best period of wrestling for the most part at the time. I think that's true. The best period of wrestling is, is definitely key. Um, and I think a lot of people go out of their way to talk about uh, maybe China's luck or 
and China is taking advantage of that luck. But you know what? There's also some things to be said about luck. I always have the opinion luck is when hard work meets opportunity, and China found an opportunity, and I think she took full advantage of it, so you have to give her credit there. But, yeah, you're right. Um, she was brought in by the right people who saw something in her, and uh, I think she took full advantage of that for quite a long time and uh, was very good considering her background and where she came from. It was a, <clears throat> a big step up, and she, you know, didn't really uh, flub it until she, she definitely burned it after a while, but she didn't, she didn't flub that chance. She stepped up to the occasion. Cause do you agree, disagree or have anything to add to yeah, that? No, I mean, China, man, she's, you know, leaves a long lasting impression. I mean, I remember, you know, you can help but notice her when she first was introduced in the scene. And honestly, you know, when I think of the original DX, you know, a lot of people think of triple H X-Pac and the new age outlaws. I think, of China, HBK, Triple H, and Rick Rude. To me, that's the original DX, and they all stood out in their own way, even though Rick Rude was only in it for a short uh, amount of time. But they all, you know, China, just like them, she left her mark, and, yeah, she was she was something special. She was something to behold. And let's face it, Hitman, I'm younger than you. Everybody's younger than him. Everybody. <laughs> I'm better than you. Everybody's better than him. <laughs> and I'm certainly bigger than you. In more ways than one. Good God, you're gonna put an eye out with that thing. <laughs> what I'd like to have. We may need a three hour show to right get this out. Now is for all you fat, out of shape, Ottawa idiots. She's an OG, yeah, OG uh, Generation X. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. She really is. You know, so get right into it. China's real name was uh, listed as Joan Marie Lore. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Um, she was born in Rochester, New York, 1969. She was the youngest of three siblings. Uh, her parents got divorced at four years old. She had three different stepfathers and even one stepmother. It's a lot of uh, parents out there. <clears throat> she had some some issues with some parents threatening suicide. Um, had some pretty violent situations in the house with her biological father. Um, and there was alcohol alcoholism in the family. Um, they had moved several times. It's a pretty tough childhood for some, you know, and I think a lot of people have gone through things like this. They understand. I personally have not gone through anything like this. Um, I mean, her her father stabbed her mother in the thigh with a bread knife, supposedly accidentally. I mean, that's, that's just crazy stuff, you know. And all the while, she learned how to play musical instruments. Um, she had, a, unfortunately, a bad, incidents, a bad incident with a, a much older teacher who kind of took advantage of her by the time she was um, in seventh grade. She began, she began purging, uh, you know, she actually left her home at 16. Uh, her mom tried to force her into drug rehab. Um, and she left and lived with her bio father instead. And then at that time she began to work out and start to, you know, form the body that you see now she got into working out and kind of, that kind of was her escape. It seemed like, so she even lived in Spain for a while, which is kind of interesting. That's, that's where her last year of high school was. Um, pretty, pretty dramatic childhood. Um, and then her, her early adult years wasn't much better. She was, um, 
I don't want to say allegedly, she because she stated it. I don't know if she reported it and if it ever went to trial, but she claimed she was raped by two men um, after she was drunk at a party. Um, just a lot of bad stuff going on for her. So this is why I always say, too, like, yeah, you know what? Someone saw her and definitely discovered her and gave her an opportunity. But, man, to be able to be this successful, given all of this, that says something about somebody's character. Would you guys agree? Disagree? Yeah, no. From the beginning, it seemed like it was hard. And then take into account, I'm not trying to be mean, but the way she looks, you know, like she, you know, we all know that we'll get to the point where she worked on her body and the plastic surgery and all that stuff. And when she was at WWF, but she didn't look like a normal girl. I think she looked kind of like a freak. She looked like a boy, a man. And because she was always bigger than than her age like she always looked bigger so i think that was you know and unfortunately people prey on that if even if you if you don't look like the classic little girl and you have some pervert who's into little girls or little boys or whatever um they also like the people who like look on the opposite scale and she didn't look like a typical little girl it's a and it's a Um, target because she's insecure yeah. yeah and so she yeah she probably looked for love in all the wrong places and looked for companionship in all the wrong places and unfortunately you have these predators out here that are going to take advantage and not give you a a chance you know from the beginning she was fighting she was trying to figure out what was right and what was wrong and why are all these things happening to me um but a positive thing about her too is uh she was china was really smart she was a very smart person and uh and a lot of people don't talk about that she actually spoke spanish she spoke german mm-hmm. and french and she could talk to in those languages like have a conversation and she wow. studied uh major spanish literature and that's what she graduated with when she she got a major in spanish literature um so she was you know really really smart and really wanted to educate herself and and on top of that all you know you have someone who's doing all the right things in life and then they're being taken advantage of in a negative way that's pretty unfortunate yeah it, it is from that upbringing you never hear of people doing that you always hear when people get brought up in that that environment that they just you know immediately fall off a cliff kind you of know sure and, and they don't they drop out of school they do this they do that but she didn't she still kept going to school and she mm-hmm. graduated you know with a major in um, Spanish literature, which is really intelligent, really advanced. And yeah. then she learned two other languages on top of Spanish. Do I add to that, Cuz? Oh, oh, no, no. I, I was just agreeing. Okay. All right. So, you know, she actually, after college, she started to attend regular fitness competitions. But believe it or not, this is what's crazy, right? Talk about the, the stereotypical... <clears throat> version of what women should look like even in fitness competitions because she was so large like she was a big like not and not big we're talking about like she had body fat because she didn't have much of any if any because of her large size because she was so muscular and vascular she usually finished in the very last place she was too big i mean can you believe that there was no at that time when you think about it because of china's like you said, her look, her actual physical prowess for a woman. I mean, she weighed in at 180 pounds. You know, no fitness woman Five weighs in at that. They usually yeah. weigh in probably at a buck thirty at the most. And because of that, she was finishing last place constantly, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's just not what they were used to. She didn't fit the mold, you know, <clears throat> which is <laughs> to, and to your point. I guess, I guess someone else saw her and the WWE discovered her and said, we should be celebrating this this special individualistic person and they did. And it was pretty amazing. But before that, 
she started dra- uh, training on the independent circuit for about two years from 95 to 97. And Jess, who did she train with? She trained with Killer Kowalski, who's the same person that trained Triple H. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? How cool is that? That's such a weird. Former lovers. You know. Yeah, such a weird, uh, you know, I don't know. Coincidence? <laughs> like, they had a threesome with right? Killer Kowalski. Yep. Whoa, right hey, you know that's not true. Stop. Come on, Triple H. That's gross. Well, they, yeah, they trained. Uh, Killer Kowalski trained both of them, and they did not meet from that training, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they discovered yeah, they it. met later, which is ironic. Yeah. Yeah. She she actually met um, she met Triple H about a year later, after at, at, at a professional wrestling show. So after watching tapes of her matches, they decided to bring her in from there. So Triple H did bring her in. So he didn't discover her through Kowalski. He just discovered her a year later, which is you know pretty interesting stuff. Um, and that's when they decided to bring her in as a bodyguard. And it's funny because um, Vince was not really for it, and I think Vince thought the way I think the majority of people normal people would. Why would anybody believe that a woman's gonna beat up a man? I'll tell you right now, that has changed. I mean, Ronda Rousey, I think a lot of people believe that Ronda Rousey could beat up half the male roster right now with her skills and her ability to put someone into uh you know in, into the arm bar. I think a lot of people it's believable. I'm sure she could she really could. <laughs> right? She really yeah. she really could. She really but think about it. Do you think if Ronda came around the same time as China, is that believable? It may not be. I think China made this stuff believable. That's that's kind of where it all starts. This is the kind of credit that she may or may not get. And that's the kind of stuff that we argue. You know, did do you think China paves the way for someone like a Ronda Rousey? What do you guys think? Ch- China did, but Ronda, you know, she paved that way for herself in another sport and mm-hmm. you know broke those barriers in that sport so you know it made it believable because you were looking at a badass mma fighter but you know before ronda yeah china china was the one that did break that mold because then after you started seeing what wcw had asia and then you had jazz and you know all, a couple other tough girls that were coming up like hey i could take on the men but you know china china started that shit yeah and it's very interesting uh while they're waiting to make a decision WCW actually wanted her to be the <laughs> yep. sole female performer of the New World Order. And she had initially yeah, exactly. accepted that offer, but she turned it down when um, Shane McMahon informed her she was about to be hired. Thank so, God. And Vince was like, no, damn it. Yeah, could you imagine? I don't know what they would have oh, done. They would have just ruined, they would have ruined the shit out of her. Yeah. Yeah, they would, yeah. And by the end of the year, Hogan would have somehow. Big boot and leg dropper. Well, no, what would have happened was the one night in China would have actually been on Nitro. Oh, my God. That's awful. (laughs) Since Xbox was, you know. You stop it. Yeah, who knows what would have happened. She wouldn't have met half those guys, you know, probably at that point. So, uh, anywho, we start the World Wrestling Federation, and she starts with who, cuz? What's the faction? Degeneration next. Well, and the way they introduced her, it was it was actually pretty Before. unique. It was the in your house final four in February of '97 yeah. um, is when she debuted. Goldust and Triple H were in a feud, and um, Marlena was obviously you know in Goldust corner. He was gold. She was Goldust manager, and uh, I'm gonna try to play this and see how it sounds. But this is what when people like romanticize about when someone debuted or. You know, when something happened, oh, I remember it was just crazy. It was a the crowd was crazy. Listen to this. This was this was the debut of China. Let him fight. Let's go. He's 
like his head, he's yelling. He won't get in there. Uh-oh. Make it in there. I wish he would. Get him, Hunter. Wait a Who the hell's that? Who is that? What in the world? Is that a, is that a woman? Security taking that lady away. So basically, Goldust was on the outside of the ring. Marlena was coaching him up like, you're okay, baby, get in there. You know, Triple H was in the ring. They were having a match. And then all of a sudden, the camera pans, and you see this large, muscular woman putting Marlena in a chokehold. And from the rail, she's in the crowd, China is, and she's grabbing Marlena from over the rail, and they had security whisk her away like she was just a fan or something like that. But sure. my point is, is like, they they didn't, they didn't see it as a waste. So many companies will try to, you know, she could have came down the ramp and then people would have been like, what's this man looking woman doing? Whose side is she on? They could have done that, but they yeah. didn't, they didn't do it like that. And you hear the crowd's dead because WWF was just kind of boring at this point. And, um, and you know, for the most part, you know, the, the, they were, they were working on other things on the top of the card, but they were just trying to find their voice on the bottom. They were trying to make a star out of triple H. They were, he wasn't the triple H that we knew. Um, they were trying to, you know, use Goldust and Marlena as faces. And, you know, when Goldust entered as a heel originally. And so they just said they they met in private, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. They met in a, at an event and they were just trying to work on Vince. And like you said, it, WCW almost got her. And then WWE, Vince finally broke down and they're like, no, please, like, we'll we'll make this work. Just just trust us. And so they debuted her like that. And that the crowd was dead. They tried to pretend she was just a fan. Like, it was just kind of crazy. Because when you think back, oh, I remember when China was there. And, oh, man, that place went crazy. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Like, you know, a lot of people say that about other, you know, debuts in wrestling. And that's just, that, to me, is what's lost. I can't let myself rant right now. But it, it they, they knew the story was going to be introducing her and getting her into that group. It didn't matter what the first like encounter was like they just wanted it to be shocking they wanted it to be different and they didn't give a shit about a pop most of the time you book wrestling for a pop right or a heel reaction or something like that this they were like no no no. we just need to shock we need to get people to talk and be like what the fuck was that like because they knew people yeah. were going to say that anyway that's, so they were that's, just like, that's, that's what i was thinking the silence there is what you wanted because you want to be able to go oh did was that supposed to happen does that what happened and you you're trying to get that reality based on top of that jess so you're you're not just you know, you almost want the shock value and the silence to be there because you want them to be confused. What's going on? Because this was all about the reality base of wrestling. This is where it was all coming from at this time. This is where they were going. And what I, what a lot of people remember the most, I think, about that was um, I, I forgot that that's how she, until we were researching for the show, I really forgot how she debuted. Yeah, she debuted because a lot of people remember her getting in the ring on raw, which I think, I don't know if it was the next night after yeah. um, the pay-per-view or the week after that, but when she got in the ring and she bear hugged the shit out of Marlena and Marlena sold it, and whipped her hair around, but she grabbed Marlena from behind, you know, like the way Brock comes behind and tries to German suplex you, but she just shook Marlena in a bear hug, like hardcore, like in the ring and Marlena whisked her hair all around or whatever.
freezing the life. That is a huge woman. An Amazon black woman attacking Marlena for the second time in 24 hours. Who is this? And I remember that more than anything. Her shaking her, and then the announcers were like, "Wow, she shook her like a rag doll." And like it was like you were like, "Holy shit!" Like this, this chick is huge like and marlena's a small lady anyway but you saw the size of china that she let her get in the ring then you realize like okay she's affiliated with um with triple h at that point you only knew yeah. triple h at that point yeah that's right um so yeah to your point she's just she's manhandling on marlena people are like oh my gosh this is something we've never seen before people are in awe and then at that point, you know, you're only talking about um, a few years into it. You know, I know we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but in January of 99, uh, China becomes the 13th entrant in the Royal Rumble. She's the first woman to ever enter a Royal Rumble. Well, and before, I don't mean to, to, to rewind you back here. Go ahead. The DX thing was important because Sean and, and Triple H were always were in Vince's ear. In all of 97 saying like, you know, you have to sure. like, we have to kind of get a little bit more hardcore. We have to go a little bit um, edgier. We have to do that because the, the crowd's changing. They don't want clowns anymore or, or plumbers <laughs> or they don't want that anymore. They want like realistic storylines. And so we want, you know, they want us to be a little crass. They want, you know, uh, so they, they really worked on Vince and started um, Degeneration X and, China was there because she was already at this point established as Triple H's second piece. Like she was basically Triple H's bodyguard, which that was their original thing is like, how funny would that be? How much of a heel would that make Triple H that he willingly hired a muscular woman to be his bodyguard? You know, like because it's funny when DiBiase had Virgil, when you looked at Virgil, Virgil was in shape. Virgil was cut as shit. Sure. So Virgil looked huge. Now we know in the business, DiBiase was an amazingly talented wrestler, and Virgil was garbage. But but sure. I mean, like when you would look at that, everybody would laugh and be like, "Why isn't Virgil wrestling?" Like you know, Jesus. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's so it's so funny because like yeah, which you know, DiBiase is supposed to be this guy that can take you apart in the ring and be an actual wrestler, but you have somebody who doesn't wrestle that's bigger than him, and everyone's like, "Why isn't he wrestling?" With China, it was different. It was like you have a woman that kind of has like a man kind of look to her, and she's Triple H's bodyguard, and everyone's like, "God, what a pussy that fucking Triple H is, you fucking bitch." You have you have a woman to back you up. She's your bodyguard, like you know, and it, that was a perfect dynamic. It made it reminded me a lot of the Virgil and DiBiase relationship, but to another level because she was a woman and she was like Triple H's bodyguard. So then when Michaels got with them and they started it, they would start, you know, including China, China never spoke. So they would just like make jokes at her expense, but front like in the D generation X way. And it got her to smile. I remember a couple of times China would smile and they're like, Oh, there you are. Like, and all that. And that just, Without her speaking and being this imposing figure that came in and shook the shit out of Marlene and all that stuff, the fans started liking her because people mm -hmm. were just like, man, like she fits perfect. Like she's part of this group. So it's it's we shouldn't understate her her stint in like 97, 98 with DX because no, that was yeah. so important. Like that was so, she was just she was the original, like Cuz said, she was the original four. It was her, Rick Rude, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. That's they were the original DX. I think a lot of people forget that to Cuz's point. It's just you, you start to think about everyone else that comes in af after that. You know, you've got uh, you got Road Dog, Jesse James. You got you know you got the, you know you got the whole tag faction coming in. You know, you've got so many other aspects. It's kind of like the NWO, right? But everybody knows those original three. But 
DX didn't really catch fire till till later, you know, in, in comparison. And uh, at the end, we all know who won. You know, we all know <laughs> what prevails. You can still bring DX now and people still pop for it. So um, <clears throat> quite frankly, she put that on the map. She's she's a she's a founding father, if you want to call her that. Right. So. I mean, not much in that Royal Rumble. I don't even know if she eliminated any, anybody. Just did she actually eliminate anyone? Doesn't say here. Mark Henry, I, right? I want to say, she, yeah, she she eliminated Mark Henry. Nice. That's, that's sick. <laughs> that's a great little side note. Let me just take the biggest guy up in here and throw him over the ring. That's that's just awesome. So, and then you know, after that Royal Rumble, literally a day later, she actually churns on Triple H. And I guess that's where, I mean, it sounds like it's almost like a double churn. She was kind of, you know, they're both heels at that point, but she turns on Triple H and she aligns herself with Vince McMahon and Kane, which is um, a totally, totally different, crazy churn, right? And she teams with Kane on the same Valentine's Day massacre pay-per-view against X-Pac and Triple H, right? Um, so, and then she turns on Kane later on. At uh, looks like WrestleMania 15, attacking him with a chair, and she rejoins DX. Right? These are like the churns and the churns and the churns. Um, so well, she's, this, she just keeps Vin- flipping on him. This is Vince Russo writing. Yeah, this is where it gets swerve after swerve after swerve. But they, but to their credit, and I'm not going to shit on Russo, they were trying mm-hmm. to. She could only be a part of DX for so long because Michaels left at the beginning of 98 and then triple H kind of took up the group. And in my opinion, even though the previous four that we mentioned were the pioneers, yeah, I preferred the 1998 version yeah, when sure. they brought X-Pac back the day after WrestleMania 14 yep. and sure. then triple H and, and new age outlaws kind of revitalized the tag team division. Yep. And then they kept working with China. Like that was the best form yep. of DX to me. Like yeah, that, they were way over, they were way over, That's what and, and, but it wasn't in the world title picture. You had, Austin in the world title picture with the undertaker and mankind at times and those guys. And then you had degeneration X feuding with, with the nation with the rock. And you had this amazing feud with the so rock real. and triple H over the IC belt. And, um, and that was awesome. So yeah, 98 was such a, that was uh, my favorite DX. And it was a, a great, uh, that's when they came out dressed up as, um, the nation, uh, the nation. You know, the crowd. And mm, you should have smelled what The Rock was cooking. <laughs> oh, look at Milo. Nation ain't gonna like this. I ain't thinking. You should have smelled what The Rock was baking. The Rock was baking. And they yeah. did all that skit and everything, and like <laughs> it was just great. And China was China was a part of all that, and she was she was really a part of of the major boom period of DX and the real beginning of when they started beating WCW and the attitude era, they named it that later, but I mean, that's what it became. And she was, she was in the, in the middle of all that. And they really were trying different things with her, uh, but go on. And I know in later in 99, you said they, they had to break her away from triple triple H somehow. And they had to kind of try to make her her own thing. Yeah. And, and they really did do that. So I think that's where the King of the Ring comes in. She's qualifying for that. The first woman ever. Maybe the is she the only woman ever? I have to look that up. I see champion. No, no to uh, the oh. first woman, the only woman to qualify for King of the Ring tournament. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible. I don't know if that'll ever be changed. Right. Well, there's, there's not King of the Ring anymore, so it'll probably never change. Uh, 
she's the first woman to be number one contender, which I find kind of interesting. Why make her the number one contender if you weren't going to crown her? Um, well, no, that was they were just throwing swerves at you. Vince, I think, ended up becoming the number one contender, right, or something like that. Like it really, really well, was. I think it was. All she lost it to words. mankind. Uh, yeah, around yeah. August is what happened. So, but that it was that, that was all like part of a storyline. You know, when you when you read those stats on China, it's good that she did that. You know, she's the sure. first woman to be number one contender. But it it was a again Russo was it's, a it's, you're, it's swerving, yeah. Well, and, and I'm just saying it wasn't. It was bad storyline. They they inserted inserted her in a top storyline, and that was an honor for China. And I think time. I think people were like, "Wow, could she really win the title?" That's kind of what gets you to turn the TV. Yeah, and that's all it was. They were just trying to make a, 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 a your normal like chase for the world title a little bit. You know, here we're going to throw in this this uh, this swerve at you. And then we start getting into the intercontinental championship runs, right? Where it gets pretty interesting. She actually uh, gets into that. Uh, she this is where she becomes a fan favorite because at this time, honestly, was there was there a greater heel than Jeff Jarrett? I'm probably. I mean, there might have been a few, but there's not much. Jeff Jarrett is just absolutely incredible mm-hmm. at this time. You know, with slap nut and everything else, it's just it, it's quite impressive what Jeff is doing and. Well, he reinvented just, himself. You know, he was a long-haired, sure. the long blonde-haired uh, Double J, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, that that it, long story short, he was that when he was in WWF in like '93 sure. when he came in there, yeah. and then he left. And then he went to WCW for a while, and he flopped there because they just kind of made him boring old Jeff Jarrett. And then when he came back, he was still long-haired Double J, and then that flopped as well. And so it was pretty much just like, what do we do? So they made him lose a haircut match to uh, X-Pac. And um, he got his hair short, so he changed his tights, changed his gimmick. Uh, start, you know, He still brought the guitar down to the ring, but then he started doing the slap nuts. And, and nobody gives Jared enough credit for kind of reinventing himself like that because I, I, I like that I character. Jared. The slap nuts Jeff Jarrett was really good. And uh, he tra- he just reinvented himself and fit in with the Attitude Era. And then he would later go again to WCW in 99 and kind of still do that same character. So, I mean, a lot of people don't give Jeff Jarrett the, the credit. No, I, I agree. And, and to your point, I think the hard part about this whole situation with China is part of the reason why Jarrett doesn't get the credit that he maybe should deserve because he made some poor decisions. And um, because he, you know, quite frankly doesn't want to lose to a woman you know so to kind of give you a quick sum up she actually uh challenges the british bulldog on october 4th 99 on raw she actually beats british bulldog believe it or not uh and then she had a match with Jarrett after that uh, at unforgiven she lost that match but then she defeated him at no mercy in his at the time it was his last wwf match which was a good housekeeping match whatever that means well, right. they were they had household items like an ironing board and all that stuff, and it was a good housekeeping match. So they yeah. used that as weapons and all that it's stuff. Just, it was it was a gimmick. Weird. It was it was silly. It's one of the greatest gimmicks of all time. So the big but, thing about that was Jarrett's always had a history of telling Vince to go fuck himself and kind of yeah. just like leaving when he wanted to. And well, at the height of the Monday Night Wars, and, and you know, at this point. Um, I mean, WWE was firmly in control. Um, WWF at the time was firmly in control, and and I think they. I think they had the program planned before Jarrett said he wasn't going to resign. And I don't think it was Jarrett even that didn't even want to lose to a woman. I think Jarrett just wanted to 
be taken care of. And he felt like if I lose to a woman, where am I going to go after this? And, and I know people think that's stupid. Like you're, you're, you're a fake actor anyway. So what does it matter? But it does in wrestling people, it does. people that say wins and losses don't matter or the way you're portrayed and the way you're beaten, you know, it, it, it does matter. All that matters. It, it always has. And when they don't honor that is when wrestling gets shitty and gets, you know, people are like, that's just super hokey. You know, wrestling at its best makes people forget that it's fake. But when you start not paying attention to wins and losses or, you know, not having it matter or, you know, not having certain things matter, uh, where am I going to go after I lose? That's fine. Yeah. I'll lose to this person. But where am I going to go after that? You know, then when you start disrespecting that as a booker or as a creative team or whatever you want to say, it, that's when you start losing the interest of the audience because you can't make cohesive storylines if you don't honor the basics. And that's what Jeff Jarrett was worried about. And, and I'm not saying he was of, right. Because Rumor has it that he held up Vince for his bonuses, which um, to this day, Jarrett's like, I never did that. I, I only asked him for money that that he owed me. Now, the warrior in the yeah. past that held Vince up said, I want I want a bonus for doing this and I, I want it now. So it, that that's that's holding someone up for money or I'm not going out if you don't yeah. give it to me. Jeff Jarrett yeah. said, I'm not going out if you don't pay me my bonuses now, like I'm going to leave your company, you're going to give me my, or Jared didn't sign his contract. I believe he didn't resign the extension. So Jared's like, I'm gone. So I don't want to wait four months down the line to get all my pay-per-view bonuses. So to give you like a brief synopsis of the way like payouts work for pay-per-views is for example, you hear people talk about the WrestleMania paydays and they don't get their bonuses until like the summer of that year, basically because WrestleMania would, was late March slash early April. And you didn't get your, which is spring. So you didn't really, it took three months for the company to figure out how much the house drew, how much pay-per-view buys came in, uh, you know, how much of that money they have to give back to the cable provider, how much money WWF takes in, how much money, you know, and all that. And then everybody gets paid. So it takes like three months to work that out. Uh, or it did back in the day. They don't do pay-per-view anymore. But um, so Jeff Jarrett was pretty much saying like, if I'm going to leave your company, like when you leave any other company, right? Whatever, let's say you sell tires for a living at, at Big O. And um, and you leave, you get all your vacation pay paid out. You know, if you resign and put in your notice, you get your vacation pay paid out. You get everything owed to you, all your commissions, everything owed to you is that that paycheck. You get it and you're gone and you separate. Um, wrestling's not like that. So even though Jeff Jarrett was going to leave, Jeff Jarrett said, I want all my money. And they're like, no, you're going to get it two months, three months down the line like normal. No. I want the bonus that I'm going to get for this pay-per-view for losing to China. And then I want everything that you've owed me. So you owe me like three months of bonuses, merchandise money, pay-per-view money. And that's what he asked for. And Vince said, fine. So Vince gave it to him and had the check there that day. Jarrett went out and did the job. And then it got spread that, oh, he held Vince up for money. That's not true. He held Vince up for the money that he already earned. And that's the difference between what Jarrett did and what the warrior did. And I will I will fight anybody verbally because I'm old and I can't win a physical fight. Uh, I will fight anybody verbally on if they say anything different. That's the different difference between what Jarrett did and what the warrior did and people in the past that have held Vince up. That's just the truth. It's what happened. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not quite the same thing, is it? You know, to, to your point, it's just... It never comes off as a good as a, as a good thing, but at the same time, if they had any in, inclination that Jarrett wasn't going to sign, they should have took the title off well before that. I mean, well, and talking, and you're right on that. Actually, it's a very good point, and you're right. But 
talking about this now it is easy because we have the Me Too movement. We have women can do anything men can do. We have all that going on right now. But and back I'm not, then, I'm not, not but then, back, though, this right? is 1999, no. and you're yeah. asking Jeff Jarrett, a woman's going to beat you, and she's going to yeah. pin your shoulder. And again, people who are non-wrestling fans will listen to this and be like, it's acting. It's a TV show. What's the problem? But it's it's not. Like, again, Vince turned this sport into a soap opera. I never wanted that. And and I'm pretty sure you two never wanted that. And that's just not what we ever want. That's not what pro wrestling is. And the, the, the way the business is today is evidence of that. Because he's beaten the shit out of us mentally and beaten it into our heads that – this is what it is. We make movies, pal. This is what we do. Well, you now you're shitting on yourself in, in 2019. And now all the indie promotions that are doing wrestling and portraying it as an emulation of a sporting event are starting to sell out 12,000 seat arenas in fucking 14 minutes. So don't tell me that you know it's never a point of contention when somebody wants to lose to someone else. It is important how many times you lose who you lose to. And in 1999, they were asking Jeff Jarrett to lose to a woman when in a men's division, in a men's driven sport. To look back on it now, what was the harm of that? But in 1999, there was, that was a big deal. And that was, that, that was Jeff Jarrett's right to protest that. Your job. Am, am I right? Or, I mean, no, well, yeah, you're right. No. It's true. It, you know, it's it, it in hindsight, it, in hindsight, it looks bad, doesn't it? It does. But, you know, the thing to your point, I still um, think today it doesn't look bad. Well, you, yeah, it, do, it doesn't, you know, but it, you, you do have to kind of look at it in, in, in Jared's, you know, eyes where if he loses to a woman tonight, to your point, Jess, he still has to put food on the table tomorrow. And what, what's that going to do for his particular yeah. character when he moves on to another federation? I understand what you're saying. Um, the funny thing about it is this, this is what, um, what really kind of blows me away with it. <clears throat> and it is hindsight. And there are people that can see it and there are people that cannot. And unfortunately, Jared couldn't see how amazing that could have been to just be that heel that finally gets cornered by someone who just happens to be a woman. It's going to kick your ass. And it could have been great. It could have been. Well, no, awesome. you're right. But I think that Jared's Jer- on a see. different he was on a different path and yeah. he was, he was worried about his contract and what's going to happen with of all course. that. That's stressful too. And then it's, well, then on your way out, you're going to get beat by a woman and it's, and like, you're going to, and you're going to get well, in the housekeeping like, match. I think that's what yeah. the main thing. about. And it. So, yeah. so like we said in no mercy, 1999, this happened. You know, straight up. I mean, can, can you hear that though? Can you hear that pop for that? Yeah, I think that tells you everything you need to know. No, you're right, and, and it, it's it's good to have that point of view looking back on it because you're right. It, but but it was hard as a fan. I'm going to be honest, and I have no problem with women. I, I love them. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? But uh, <laughs> but I mean, that, that was sexist on purpose, folks. Um, wow. So, but I, I but I. I had a problem with that as a fan because 
Because I, I don't know why. You know, like looking back, I, I don't know why. She was bigger than a normal woman. She looked like a man. Everybody made jokes about her that she was a man. And um, and we kind of yada yada past her plastic surgery. When she first debuted in 97, she looked like a man. She had a flat cool. chest. She had a muscular physique and all that stuff. She actually, over time, over that year, she had jaw surgery to give her more of a feminine jaw. She had breast implants. She had a little bit of plastic surgery done to her face. And because yeah. she wanted to look more feminine, but she still kept her size. She was still bigger than some of the men on the roster. Like, she was yeah. huge. She was huge. And, and to your point, Jessa, even her debut, I mean, JR says, is, is that a woman? He he, he staggers <laughs> yeah. and says, "Is that a woman?" That they 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 played on it on purpose. I mean, yeah. that was not. I guarantee you, Vince is like, "Question if she's a woman." Ah, you know, it's just oh, the yeah, way, sure. bro. I mean, right. uh, that's just the way it is and the way it was. And, and you know what? You know, I, I guess that's where you know, like like, do I fault Jared? Not really. Um, no, but at the same time. At the same time, man, good gravy. Look what look what Joni had to go through. Are you kidding me? Like all this shit that Jess is talking about that everybody thought everybody everybody wanted to say or did say, and she's still striving and she's still getting pops in, in the realm of what in spite of all this. I think it would have been better if it was just in a straight up one on one, no gimmick match. You know, like she overcame. And beat Jeff Jarrett in a straight up one on one. You know, fair. No, I think that would have been worse. I, I, I think I think Jarrett wouldn't have done it either. When, when I look it. back on it now, I'm I'm kind of glad that they did it in that fashion because she had to use weapons to do it. And again, you got you got to you got to crawl before you can walk when you introduce anything to the world, whether it's someone that breaks a barrier down or you know what I mean. Like so, I. Looking back, I accept it more. And when you watch it, and Dave made a good point, he's like, "Look at the crowd. Look at listen to that pop." Like, and it and that's what wrestling is all about. And I I lost sight for a minute on that as a fan because I was like, "A woman is going to win a men's title. What are we doing here?" And you know, look at where we are now. And and I respect where we are now. And I'm not saying that I don't think that women can do anything that men can. But it's I mean, would you put? Would you put the best woman's boxer in there with Mike Tyson in his prime? You wouldn't, no. though. And that's that was my thing. And I know you have more creative freedom in wrestling, so sure. I get wrestling's fake. I get it. But like at the same time, would, would, could Ronda Rousey beat Brock Lesnar? No. no. And I, I put <laughs> no. those two together because Brock Lesnar's a legit MMA fighter, right? Yeah, that doesn't or, fit. Or Cain Velasquez. Could she beat Cain Velasquez? No. Like, uh-huh. could she beat Dos Santos? No. 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 Like. Uh, she beat Matt Hughes. No, like uh, I no because but Matt hey, Hughes. But hey, Jess, can she beat Jeff Jarrett? Well, she did. As a matter of fact, Ronda Rousey. I'm sorry. Can Ronda <laughs> Rousey beat Jeff Jarrett? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah. But so no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm agreeing with you completely. It's funny because I swear, cousin, I had this conversation months ago on Twitter about it. Um, people were fighting over. You know all of this the, the woman faction and, so and women, women doing this. Ronda, comparing her to Brock, Brock's a fucking super heavyweight. So well, no, no, it's not, well, yeah, but no, to your point, maybe compared to Conor McGregor, could she no, be no, Conor no. McGregor? Maybe, no, maybe, no, maybe. no. I I, I'll tell you right now, no, that's not going to happen. And that's not me being sexist. There's no way that's no, going to happen. No, there, there's because, well, yeah. Anyone that but thinks to your sexist, point, it's the same blind. size, roughly, right? Like, I mean, yeah. like, you no, know, I, I don't remember how much Ronda weighs, but. She cannot be Conor McGregor. I just know. Unless she catches him funny. I mean, that's because, honest, men, because men are wired different than women. And that's not wired. a bad thing. That's just a, that's an obvious like 
That's an, that's an observation. It's biological. Well, yeah. here's, the, here's the thing, and this is where I think you're going, right? This is this is the deal. When you start talking about it in those regards, it sounds sexist, but it's it's not. It's it needs to it needs it to make sense. And no, and none of the and none of those situations that you put into play just makes sense. But I'm telling you right now, I found it very believable that someone like China could beat up a chicken shit hill like yeah. like Double J. I don't and, have a problem with that. Looking back right now, I admit I, I was a little bit defensive when I was a fan back in 1999. Sure. And I look at it now and I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. That was awesome. But I'm telling like, you right I, now, too, I, I, so I, I'm, I'm being honest, you know, like it. Now I look back on it. I'm like, that was that was cool. But at the time I was like, eh, this is well, weird. Like, and these and these were the examples I gave cuz, right? Because everyone's like, well, why can't just anyone be any man on the roster? It's like I said, at the end of the day, it has to be believable. I said, look, can Ronda Rousey beat Double J? I said, yeah, probably. I don't I don't think that's an issue because she has way more talent and all these all these skills that Double J can't match and can't can't do anything with. Now, can Alexa Bliss speak Bronson? That was the example I gave. I'm like, of course not. That's ridiculous. Not even close. But no, it would be better. Can Alexa Bliss beat Jeff Jarrett? No, no. Okay, that, I mean, that's Still better. No. You know what I mean? But either way, either way, the, either way, it, it proves my point. It has to make sense, right? And that doesn't make sense. It has to be believable. If it's believable, I'll watch it. I, I will watch China beat the crap out of out of a chicken shit hill like Triple H. And you know who got that more and, and than we're anyone? Talking, we, when we're when we're posing the question, can Alexa beat so and so? We're talking about just the the visuals like i don't know you know i fucking alexa bliss could be a deadly karate i don't even know she could be a black belt i have no well, idea well dave but, you know when dave and i were i was actually already engaging with someone who was making some ridiculous yes. stupid complaint and then i tagged you in it and i said you know it, this is just getting so crazy with these with these you know again i'm gonna say it social justice warrior fans that next thing you know they're gonna want to see they're gonna be complaining that Alexa Bliss isn't in the main event with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And then the guy actually ridiculous. responded. Remember, he said, well, you know, if the storyline is right, I mean, and it would no. it be. I'm no. like, no. No. Alexa Bliss is all of like 120 pounds. She's not going to be able to take it's on a 263-pound man. It just doesn't make sense. I just think it's ridiculous it yeah, that we're so in a day. Really like, right. oh. That makes sense. And. When you get over the woman versus man thing, you're right. If it's the same size and they, it's an equal playing field, like it, it's not impossible. But, and it's not it's even not. that. Between you and me, I'm I'm probably a hundred pounds heavier than Ronda right now, and she'll kick the shit out of me. Yeah. I know that. She'll be just all up. I mean, I, and I don't. Honestly, I go more power. A woman could do whatever they want as long as my fucking dinner's made and my laundry's done. And the sandwiches made. And they want toast. The beer's yeah. open, and that's all. You know, that's all I ask. Such for. a fucking oh man! You guys are such chicken shit hills. I'm so. I'm, oh, hey man, it's not chicken shit hills. Why do I always? Why do I? I'm the intercontinental champion. Come and beat me. Why do I always have to be gorilla in this conversation? God damn it! Will you stop? Yeah. Will you stop? But no, it, 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 looking back, it was awesome, and, and it was kind of cool to see. And and they really did well with China. You had to do something with her, right? And, 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 just, and, to your, and to your point, we talked about how Jarrett just didn't get it. You know who got it and who, who always seems to get it? Who are we talking about next? Who Chris Jericho. Jericho. Chris Jericho, one of my favorite wrestlers ever. <laughs> he just gets it, bro. He's like, I'll do a few with China. I don't care. That's cool. Let's do it. And she actually beats him the first time. And they were straight up matches, though. Well, that's that was she my defeats point. him. 
Not yeah. only was she the first woman to ever win the IC belt and the only Which, woman, that's cool. she was a two-time Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. She beats Jericho at Survivor Series. She loses at Armageddon. And then they uh, face off on uh, SmackDown. And they controversially ended pinning each other. And what's funny yes. is they declared them co-champions. And they had to, <laughs> they had to defend those titles together. That's right. And then, and then eventually Jericho uh, beats her and Hardcore Holly in a triple threat match. Yep. But what's really kind of weird, the co-champion reign no longer is recognized. And then he's considered, it's considered a continuation of his second reign. Which is uh, which is interesting, and then she even teams with him afterward, which is kind of cool. I, that, that's the kind of stuff that Jericho just gets. He gets it to this day. I don't care where you put Jericho, what faction you put him with, what federation you put him with. Jericho always finds a way to find himself in the storyline because he just understands what the crowd's going to want, what they're going to anticipate, um, what he can make work. Um, you know, showing Goldberg why he's such a douchebag because Goldberg could have he could have he could have given Goldberg shit for six months and then eventually Goldberg would have destroyed him and it would have just gone over like nobody's business. And some people can't get out of their own way. Jericho's like, dude, I'm trying to set you up, bro. Like, come on. Jericho understands it every which way you can possibly think of. And that's he, what he, wrestling's all about. It's setups. That and is payoffs. what it's all about. Yeah. Setups and payoffs. Setups and, and payoffs. That's what it's Jericho, about. And Jericho's all about the setup, and the payoff just takes care of itself. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, eventually, even with Kevin Owens, you know, I, I know we're going to have a tangent, but, you know, they, they do the Friends episode, and finally Kevin Owens just takes the payoff and just punishes him, you know. But that run with them is. You know, I'm talking about my best friend. This is amazing <laughs> stuff, you oh, know, and, and eventually, you know, KO takes the payoff and just punishes him. And that puts Kevin on another level, which was Jericho's job. It kind of still is. Jericho's job is he's older. Put people over, you know, when you're older, you put them over. That's how it works. And Jericho now understands that. I mean, he's just he just gets it. I don't even know how else to say it. Jericho just gets it. Um, phenomenal stuff by Jericho working with this so and then we get into the uh the i miss this guy get a little teary every time like i still have a shirt in my closet poppy she aligns with uh big poppy she aligns with guerrero for what a little over a year or so they become the on-screen boyfriend girlfriend tandem one of my Uh, favorites you know and they start, yeah, they start off as villains and they come fan favorites. He starts to call her Mama Sita. Well, this is which, my fond, this is my fondest, fondest memory of China. Yeah, um, here. Guerrero would go on to win a world title and, and deservedly so. And, and, you know, do bigger things in the sense of, you know, what you try to accomplish in wrestling and win championships. But, but uh, this was a highlight of Guerrero's career too. Um, and there's a little bit of clips I have here. Serious about this match tonight. I am serious. Look, tonight. Don't think of me as Mama Sita, okay? <laughs> you better think of me as your opponent. Don't underestimate me. Okay. Turn up. Okay. Versus Eddie Guerrero. It's and so okay. they did. Yeah, okay. they just had, they had great. They had great chemistry, and it made sense. And yeah. And Guerrero is so good. And you know, I think people forget about it. And I can't. I can't help but think that China learned so much from him. When they oh, were together, yeah. because like Guerrero was so good on the mic and so funny with his character that like I think China really learned how to be a little bit funnier and a little bit looser because she'd always been the serious bodyguard and you know then she got thrown into wrestling men and stuff and but with Guerrero she got to really 
kind of be a character and, and be different. And she fell for it. And she was obviously, she was so much bigger than him because Guerrero at heart is a cruiserweight. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, and sure. China was so much bigger than him. And it's funny. And like, he just, she was this huge imposing figure and just this little Mexican charmer, you know, which is charmer. It was great. It was funny. Yeah. And what's funny about this time frame too, is uh, she actually wins the icy title here. So technically she's a three-time champ, but they don't recognize it because once Jericho, um, took the title over. They kind of erased her time there, which is just. They, I think they try. It's. I think it's kind of off-putting yet fitting because they try to erase her all the time. <laughs> it feels like to me they try to forget about her, and but she did. She won the title here, which they so they call it a second title run for the Intercontinental Title, and uh, she loses it two weeks later to Jericho in a triple threat match with Angle, which probably was amazing. You should go back and watch that one. Um, I would highly recommend anything with. Guerrero and Angle, and it's just going to be money at this time. So, and then that uh, particular pairing ends in about November 2000. Obviously, Eddie is um, cheating on China in the shower with two other women. What do you guys have to say about that storyline, that time frame? I mean, that's that's just, they like said it was it was great stuff. I didn't want it to end, and but I knew they had to, but um, I didn't want it to end. You know, but after a while, they had to kind of like, you know, release Guerrero and let him go do something else and put China into something else. And, and to your point, Jess, wasn't Guerrero kind of moving on to the upper echelon? They were going to start putting him on top here, kind of moving uh, a little bit. That. Yeah, this we're getting more towards 2000, 2001. So, yeah, they were trying to figure. But at the same time, like he was going through a lot of problems. Guerrero was as well. Sure. And he got when he got brought into the company, he was part of the radicals and he was just part of him, Benoit, Saturn and Malenko jumped ship and came in and they yeah. were just trying to, you know, WWE, they got to break them down like the military and then rebuild them. Yeah. He had substance problems and he had a lot of stuff and, you know, like issues. And I think they gave him the character job was China to kind of just try to flush out, uh, you know, his personality and it worked really well, but, I mean, I know in like 2000, 2001, he had problems. And for shortly after, I think he actually even wrestled in the Ring of Honor after WWE released him for his problems. And uh, he went and wrestled in the Ring of Honor and got a little bit of help and came back and, and you know, then continued his career on after that. Hmm. Yeah. But China, I think shortly after this, got ushered into the women's division, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this is kind of where it comes in. This is where, to your point, Jess, a lot of the... Um the changes start to develop. And she, at this time, uh, her, she'd start, she had posed dude for Playboy magazine in the November issue. So she'd already kind of appeared in Playboy and, um, uh, so it's November, 2000. Yeah. So, and then it rolls into 2001. So it was obviously put into the storyline, um, you know, and it draws the, right to censor to come out and your right to censor starts to develop. And she begins a few with ivory who is, um, Gosh, Ivory is, is quite a story in itself. I'd love to talk about that someday. She has just this such long run with wrestling, um, even with Glow and, and other places. And, you know, she's pretty impressive. I mean, Ivory was well ahead of her time. And, um, you know, they, they have that feud for a while. And this is kind of where that women's division kind of starts. So um, they do some real life storyline stuff where she has an injury and they even check on her in the ring and. Um, something that had been done this since is all a build towards it. WrestleMania 17, where China would challenge for the women's championship, challenge for the first time. And it's funny, like I said earlier, she was intercontinental champion, a men's title before she won the women's title, or even yeah. challenged for it, or even challenged for it. 
And what's funny is it wasn't even a match. They just squashed Ivory in this. Yeah, it was it was WrestleMania 17. It was in front of a lot of people. And, uh, you know, she made history for herself. And uh, let me just say, I know a lot of people give China a lot of guff because she has a manly figure or whatever. But go watch the WrestleMania 17 match. China is is a, a good looking goddamn woman. If you go back and look oh, at yeah, this match, like sure. she's really, really, really good looking at this point. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying she ever wasn't good looking, but you know, like she did a lot of work to herself and all that stuff. But yeah, she looked really, really hot in this. And uh, she made short work of ivory to win her first championship. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's, it's a squash. her first and only women's title run and i yeah, hear that song. she only <laughs> she only defends it one time and she, she has to make i hated that song i just yeah i was kind of it was kind of it was annoying just like stephanie yeah, yeah. theme song i hate stephanie theme song oh uh, you love it so she actually defends her title uh against lita at judgment day and she won that match but she had to vacate it because this is where uh, I guess the majority of the drama ensues. For people that don't know, you know, Laura had been in a long-time relationship with Triple H. I mean, they were... Behind the scenes. They were yeah, behind together. the scenes. Yeah, they, lived off, together. they lived together. They lived together. They, they, I'm sure they trained together. They were always together. Sure they had sex. They had sex together. Yeah, I'm sure they did. They were probably the only person that didn't get it videotaped, apparently, too. So Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then somewhere in there, and this is where like you just don't know anything. Nose dive into China. you don't know how it happened. You didn't know how long it was going on. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, people start to realize that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are together. But in the process, well, they had you don't realize going on too. Yeah, they they did. They they have the on screen not so romance where Triple H is taking advantage of her, getting married to her while she's passed out. You basically raped know. her. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did. He raped so, her. Stuff that you can't do today on yeah. television, right? It's just he did. It's, well, it's yeah. just ridiculous. She got she got drunk at her bachelorette party yeah. when she was supposed to marry Test, and then Triple mm-hmm. H intercepted her. And then after you know he married her at the little Vegas chapel. But then after the he said like a line like something like we consummated the marriage afterwards. Yeah, and she's like, oh my god, yeah. as a member of the immediate family. You can only have one question on your mind, Dad. Oh my God! I hate you. And that is. I hate you. Not did we, but how many times did we consummate the marriage? God, I can't believe that Triple H has married. Yeah, I mean it's just you can't. You cannot do this. There will never be a movement that will be against what I did. It's oh always going to be legal and fine. Yeah. Mm, me too, mother. Never and ever. 
It's so okay. yeah, rise above Ben. <laughs> so during all this time in, in the story, David. Oh David. my God! <laughs> I'm gonna get you drunk <laughs> and rape you. This is never gonna. Get, this is never gonna be over. Yes, David. Oh my, my God! Nose <laughs> oh, that sounds good. That's what happened, you know, like Jesus. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, the storyline was he roofied Stephanie. No, she got drunk at her bachelorette yeah, party, right? Yeah, and then yeah. he found yeah. her. And then he took her through the chapel thing and got married against her He's will, like, which is ridiculous. But okay. And then he said, we consummated the marriage. So he insinuated that he had sex with a passed out drunk Stephanie. I'm not making this up. This is literally what happened. Yeah, no, yeah. This really happened. Yeah. I see the rape word, but isn't that rape? That's ridiculous. It is. I'm pretty sure she didn't know about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know that was acceptable back in 2000. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff they would do. Yeah, it's it's amazing, you know. So maybe to your point, Vince says I can't do news and storylines because everyone's so sensitive now. Like, do it. So. In 2001, she does win the women's title. She goes into a feud with Lita, and I do remember that. And then she yeah. just pretty much leaves. She, yeah, she, you know, she just disappears. That's her last Because match. what happened was legitly was Triple H and Stephanie, for a while before that, they were in a storyline where we described where Triple H took advantage of her when she was drunk and married her in Vegas and whatever. And then they became an on-screen couple where – Stephanie actually was like, I like being married to him. I like him. And then she became a heel too. So it kind of started the Stephanie character. So, but behind the scenes, China and Triple H were basically engaged. They were, I don't think they were technically engaged, but they lived together. They had been in a relationship for like two years. So they were like serious and living together and in a relationship. And then slowly behind the scenes, because Triple H would be, you know, married, quote unquote, to Stephanie on camera, they started falling in love with each other. And then basically Triple H left China. So China was stuck basically trying to exist backstage while her ex-lover was with Stephanie, the boss's daughter. How awkward is that? And China, we kind of talked about it before, but she was probably doing substances here. Like she was probably abusing here. and, And I think it just got worse for her. I think so to cope, China started doing a little bit more drugs. She had, you know, like people view drugs as like cocaine or heroin, and it wasn't. When, excuse me, when you're in the wrestling industry, you really get hooked on pain pills, sleep aids, and alcohol. And those are like the big three that really fuck you up. On top of that, you could be, at this time, growth hormones were being introduced because steroids were illegal. So people were trying to find growth hormones that weren't illegal if you pissed them out. So basically, like, you know, all the illegal stuff is like obvious steroids and all that stuff. But you couldn't get popped if you had a growth hormone. And then basically the, you know, athletic commission and the testing would find growth hormones. And you can't do those either. Anyway, so, you know, that all these drugs are running around in wrestling. And China already had a weak constitution. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But she came, you know, she was always struggling, uh, struggling with addiction and always kind of, you know, uh, using whether it was steroids. I don't know if she used steroids. I don't know that she used male hormones, but to get the size that she was and to look like a man, she had to have been doing something to her body. She definitely on was. top of other stuff that she did. When you get in the wrestling world, you get introduced to somas. You get introduced to oxycotton. Co- uh, how do you say oxycotton? Oxycotton. 
yeah, you get introduced to all that stuff, and and then you start washing it down with you know vodka or alcohol, or well that Whiskey. is alcohol, but you know like beer or vodka or hard liquor, and uh, and and then you fuck. I wake up with a hangover. You got to take something mega strong to get your hangover away and wake you up and pep you up on top of that. So it's a form of speed. And then you got I, I can't fucking go to sleep. So you take something to go to sleep, and it becomes a vicious cycle. And China was kind of always in that. And then this. This emotional thing that happened with Triple H leaving her in real life and, you know, going with the boss's daughter. How are you going to fight against that? You know, Vince can say all he wants. I, I was against it. Uh, and then, you know, Stephanie and Triple H try to tell, no, Vince didn't like us. And for a while, we had to stop seeing each other. I think we heard that on Bruce's podcast, right, Dave? Like, he said that they... They pretended to break up in front of the boys and all that stuff, and you know, but then they were secretly hooking up behind that the scenes. That should, yeah, that should never really happen. Yeah, like you know, and so I feel, I feel for China on this. You know, you're you're at work, which you know, dating someone at your work is rough anyway, and 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 they always say don't don't marry or be with someone that's also a wrestler if you're a wrestler. It never but works they, out. But, it, now, but now they're all married. Everybody in the freaking roster is married at the moment to somebody that's on well, the roster. Back then, it was like. You know, I think it's kind of is still like college now, you know, when you mm-hmm. look at pages, sex tape and stuff like that. But but I mean, like you now, I think yeah, it's more common to be married. It's a husband and wife traveling on the road together. It's not as I mean, there's no drugs that free flow. I'm not saying nobody does drugs, but it's a pretty clean rocker room. It really is like sure. People always make jokes. All, all, all this this generation of wrestlers, all they want to do is go play video games and, you know, surf online and stuff like that. Well, oh, my God, heaven forbid, you know, they're good at their job. And then when they relax, they don't fucking, you know, slam uh, every drug you can think of and then wash it down the 12 pack. Heaven forbid that they don't do that, that they're clean. Yeah, they're staying out of trouble. Yeah, their spare time is killed by playing video games. Unless you're oh, an Uso. What a crazy life they're living. Like, you know, I mean, they're not dying when they're fucking 40. What? Who would have thought of that? You know, that's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, China was just in this vortex of, you know, all these different drugs were being introduced to the to the sporting world, not just wrestling. And uh, she got caught up in that. And then she had a weak constitution anyway because of her past. So she was emotionally weak and she just fell into it. And this is really where yeah. started to swirl the drain, you know, so to speak. Yeah, this is where her world really, you know, of wrestling anyway, really collapsed. Like I said, she has some stints in New Japan, less than a year, uh, TNA, less than a year. Some decent, decent ideas for storylines. But at the end of the day, I don't think. I don't think that uh, those those particular federations really knew what to do with someone like that. I think WWE really at that point uh, knew exactly what to do with her and uh, did a great job with it. But unfortunately, personal life, and I think, I think since your point, Pritchard said it best, when pe- people can't help when they fall in love, and China was the uh, the trash that was taken out in the process, and that's really how she felt, and that's how I, I believe she was treated. I don't think anybody wanted it to be that way. But uh, you can't help what happened if you're Triple H and Stephanie. They're married now. They got two kids. I mean, you can't help the fact that I guess they found each other, right? And that sucks uh, for China. But that's the way it went down, and that's that was the ultimate collapse for her. Because you know, I, I don't know. You can. I know some people are like, oh, I can't believe she, what she did next. Um, she obviously probably didn't want to do that. She probably wasn't in her right mind, but who knows? I, I'm not going to sit there and judge it because her career takes a drastic turn um, from this point, uh, you know, after, you know, after wrestling, after, basically after New Japan, she kind of hits her first, um, 
pornography career debut. And, you know, it's not just with anybody. It's, it is with Xbox. It's with Sean Waltman. We're talking about um, One Night in China. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I know people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe she did that, blah, blah, blah. But you know what, guys? I mean, <laughs> she, in 2006, that won an award for the best-selling title of the year. That sold more videos or tapes than any other XXX uh, uh, movie. You know, for for that time frame. So I don't know what else you can, what else you can really say to that. I mean, everybody wanted to see it. Um, obviously, she took advantage of that. I'm sure there was a lot of. Hopefully, there was a lot of money involved in her for that. I don't know. Um, I don't know how anybody feels about it. I'm not one to judge. That was her decision. It's legal. <laughs> you know, and it's not an easy subject to talk about. But that this is where we are. You know, I don't know if you guys want to comment on that but no i mean <clears throat> <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> it, it's 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 you know look look no she's when you're when you're a, an attractive woman and or a a spectacle yeah exactly and, and i like i said i i really mean it go watch you know china i'm not trying to objectify her but go watch her at wrestlemania 17 she's a beautiful woman she really she is. is and no, you is. know she worked on her look and all that stuff and she really she's is. A, and she's an attraction yeah, yeah exactly. but she's there an attraction because she kind of is a man. She used to look really like a man. And, um, and you know, it was, so people are still kind of curious. And we kind of skipped past her Playboy thing. She did two Playboy shoots. She did one with the WWF, and then she did one right after she left, um, which kind of was off her WWE fame, and she did it. And it didn't sell as well as the first time, but it sold pretty good. Um a lot of people honestly just wanted to see if if a dick was going to fall out. I, I hate to say it, like that's you know uh, you could Which Photoshop Playboy, but I want to see her porn because I goddamn it, I know she has a cup. These guys are just a really you funny, know, really funny. Sean and I both got jumbo weenies, but China, show us what you're bringing to the barbecue, girl. Uh oh. And I know that sounds rough, but that's most people's fucking lame ass one way thinking attitude was that they just really wanted to see it. So I think people wanted to see the train wreck, this former wrestling star that was obviously it had already been rumored that she was abusing substances and she's not well and all that stuff. And then, you know, you now she's going to be naked and have sex. Well, I'm going to got this. There's got to be some kind of small pee pee that's going to come out, you know, and, and I. I it's the, it's the truth. I think that's why it sold well, because I'm pretty sure every video after that didn't sell that well from her because, you know, like people just the interest on the first one was like, let me just make sure that's not a OK, it's a it's a woman, you know, but that's not interesting. That's not interesting because we wanted to see something else. Sure. Um, I'm sure everyone just wanted to see if Xbox was going to do the Bronco Buster to her. And he oh. kind of did. Bronco Buster. I did my goodness. So, you know, her television and film career, there was a lot of stuff. He's well, he's well in doubt, actually, Xbox. He what? Hey. Well, he's well in doubt. Good for him. That's great. Yeah. I mean, come on, Dave. Give him, hey. give him fucking credit. I'd rather, I'd rather not. I'd rather not even talk about it. I'd rather you give him credit. I mean, hey, whoa. Hey. <laughs> you know what's um, gonna happen if you don't give him credit, Dave. The winkies don't come black out. out around me. <laughs> uh, I'll take you to the wedding chapel, and then you know, give you the rage. Your privacy. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. 
Good gravy. Sounds All like right. a good time. Right so, here. television and film, ladies and gentlemen. She's been on the Howard Stern Show. She's uh, appeared on Third Rock from the Sun. She was a police officer. Um, that's interesting. She was a special guest on uh, Fear Factor. And she was up for a role in Terminator 3. Didn't get it. Can you imagine if, uh, if she got that Terminator 3 role? That would have been pretty legit. I don't know. I've been all right. Uh, she was the host on Robot Wars. She appeared on Celebrity Game Show Hollywood Squares. Uh, I think the one that everybody knows her from is The Surreal Life. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, you know, this is where I think the real life of China behind the scenes that we never saw really came to surface. And you start to understand the the demons that are that are working with, with, with China here, really kind of controlling her. And um, X-Pac didn't help that he actually showed up on the show. Which I'm sure they planned because reality shows are just pieces of shits, you know, just whatever controversy we can get and ruin someone's life. Let's just put that on television. And, you know, uh, to just well, but that point, was society, you know, it's like, of course, yeah, uh, we always say, you know, if you don't like something, you know, what happens when an artist don't. puts out an album or whatever? You don't you like know, it, and, don't buy it. Yeah, and it doesn't sell. It goes away. They stop producing stuff because if nobody buys it, then, you know, but unfortunately, people watch that shit. And I can't say that there's some you know, reality shows that I didn't watch too, because that was part of society a while ago. It still is now, but back then, like, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was all fucking reality shit, man. It was all that. It was all about yeah. it. You don't have any, forgive talent. me, any talent, but we're still entertaining people. Don't be rude. Are you kidding me? I Stop. swear to God. Stop. Don't Scott, your whole ass is out. I'm finally a Kardashian. Now kids just watch other kids play Fortnite interesting which again we make fun of that now but how safe is that compared you know the toxic stuff that we watched in the early 2000s i mean it's it's i'll take this any day of the week sure so you know she appeared in some other things you know just another romantic wrestling comedy illegal aliens um she i guess that was uh illegal aliens is where she was with anna nicole smith before her death she actually appeared in that role with her uh, you know, just a, just a few other things here and there. Um, her personal life. There's an interesting tidbit here. I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, she had custom made breast implants uh, after her first implants were ruptured in a wrestling match. Uh, she complained to her plastic surgeon that their largest implants did not suit her frame the way she desired. So her custom implants became the model for what they called the China 2000s. <laughs> Now everybody knows that China is not only the toughest woman in the World Wrestling Federation, but she is now the breast damn woman in town. You know, Sean, if China had a nipple for every time somebody said she was the breast looking woman here. A model of breast implant now marketed to large frame women and female bodybuilders. She claims she paid $6,000 for those implants, but they are now called the China 2000s. They were made wow. especially for her, and now there's a special market for those. So she even broke the breast implant mold, if you will. How about yeah. that? Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either. It's the first time I've heard yeah. of that. No, yeah, I never uh, heard that before that's either. interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, she they talk about how she hides her relationship with Triple H, but I don't think that was hidden for very long. You no. saw you saw a video of, of her leaving with him after every venue was not easily hidden. Right. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, let's see, there were some dates whether or not um, th- there was debate to whether or not Triple H started his relationship with Stephanie while they were together. Um, and according to after her death, um, her sister said that the couple disagreed about having children. Um, Triple H wanted children where she did not want children. And then her addictions and mental health uh, contributed to the breakup. So according to her sister, um, they, she had claimed that Triple H and her had already been broken up. But who knows what Triple H put in her pocket. I'm just saying. I don't know. Well, that's, um, I think Triple H might have even said that, too, that they were kind of, even though they lived together, like they, he didn't they, really they lived there together. he slept on the couch. And, yeah, you know, they, they were pretty together, much over. Right, but, yeah, they were over before and all that. But, I mean, yeah. come on. Like, he but she wasn't, part, she obviously yeah, wasn't right. I, I think right. it was a combination. You know, I, I don't think she was mentally stable. I think China always had emotional problems. And I think Triple H, when he met Stephanie and realized, like, I believe that he legitly liked Stephanie. But it, it also comes with the extra added prize that she's the boss's daughter. So I think Triple H knew right then and there, like, yeah, I'm just going to go this road. And again, like, let's be honest, like, you know, who, who wouldn't have chosen that road? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. There's a few more personal um, tidbits in here. Apparently she just arrested for domestic assault for beating the shit out of Xbox in 2005. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember all that. Uh, So So I guess it answers my question that women can beat men. So maybe it's not so far fetched. (laughs) There you go. Right. So, uh, she couldn't use the term China because of the trademark. So she began using China doll for public appearances. Yeah. I remember that. Um, too. and then she legally changed her name to China after that. Obviously we know about the substance abuse. Um, this is kind of, what winds into her desk. She was found dead in her home at Redondo Beach. She was only 46 years old. Her manager had grown concerned. She had I can't believe she was 46. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy, man. That, that's old. I mean, that's young to die, but I mean, yeah. God, she was 46. That's old that's in the sense of like when we first started her? watching her. Like, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. She looked, and she looked amazing. And still. She still she still looked, looked, yeah. young, it's young to die for sure, but I mean, God, she's fucking 46. She was. Close to 50. I mean, she was on the yeah. way to 50. That's crazy. Yeah. I think it's just interesting that her manager grew concerned because she wasn't posting any um, updates or content to her us- usual social media outlets for several days. So he went up to the house and he found her already dead. Uh, accidental drug overdose or natural causes, it says. But I think, Jess, you have more information on what was in her system, which was pretty. She, volatile. I mean, it was, it was alcohol. It was antidepressants. It was painkillers and uh it was sleep aids all of that was in her system yeah. so and that wasn't just the one night she took it china was living you know it's, it's like playing russian roulette with a gun you know like sure what one time that bullet's going to be in that chamber and it's going to shoot you right in the head and mm-hmm. how many nights did she get away i mean really how many years did she get away with alcohol pills every night you know wake up rinse repeat you know like and i i just that's just uh, what a lot of wrestlers went through, you know, when you hear yeah. a lot of wrestlers dying and of overdoses and, you know, British Bulldog and and even wrestlers that, that died, like Guerrero died. He was clean when he died. But I mean, the damage that he did, you know, to himself over those sure. years caught up with them. So even when you stop and you clean up, um, you're uh, like just a heart attack away from saying goodbye in your. Yeah. Sleep. I mean, when you think about this, this is this is the actual list, according to this report. Um, December 2016, the autopsy is released. Uh, she died on April 20th of an overdose of alcohol combined with an- anxiety drugs, diazepam and uh, nordazepam, painkillers, oxycodone and oxymorphone, and the sleeping aid, temazepam. It was all in her system at the time of her death. 
That's just yeah. that's just insane. That's a lot. Yeah, and it was probably to your point, Jesse. Was probably playing that roulette every single night. Unfortunately, and that's just sad. You know, it's tough. And uh, it starts from a very young age and being just very not confident and people taking advantage of who you are and what you look like and um, what you're capable of of doing, I suppose. And and uh, I'm sure she was very strong and got over it for a period of time. But as soon as her world of the WWE crashed down, everything kind of came back to surface, you know. Um, I got a, a clip here of a uh, uh, about you know when we talked about earlier in the episode about how was Vince wasn't sure and you know that she was the right fit. It's probably maybe my fourth show. They were in town, and all of a sudden he comes out and he said that you know this is Joni, and uh, I shook his hand. He went, "Hello, how are you? How are you? <laughs> well, you certainly are in shape, aren't you?" and and that was it, and they took off, and so it was just like a brief hello. I didn't really know. I knew that Vince ran the company, but I didn't really know that you know, wrestling was pretty professional. Wrestling was pretty much Vince McMahon, right? You know, and so I guess my I, I wasn't nervous. I don't remember being. I think I was probably more put off by the fact that he didn't gush and ooze all over me, you know, because I, I expected that. Right, right. Not in a conceited way, but I was thinking, okay, I've got these people telling me now that uh, so there's something really different. This is going to be... Pretty much no soldier. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. It's stone poker face, right. you know? Very nice. So that's Very funny nice. because, yeah, that's... Because of that little lull right after that, where Vince was just like, "Look, I, you know, I, I don't think she's going to do it. I don't think people are going to believe it." You know, WCW kind of snuck in and made an offer, and she almost took that. And then Shane called and said, "No, no, come, come on, we're going to hire you. Yeah, we're going to do this." Yeah. So it's interesting. They they talk about legacy, and there's some there's some really decent quotes here, and some things that are written here about China that I think need to be said. And there's some stuff that's not so nice, right? And I think she's always the epitome of controversy and enforcing change. Uh, numerous commentators have credited China as being influential to women's wrestling and one of the biggest stars of WWE's Attitude Era. Uh, former and uh, commentator and former WWE official Jim Ross described China as the distinctive athlete uh, was to WWE what Ronda Rousey has been to the UFC. While E News said that China accomplished more in her near decade career than any woman had ever done at that time, others praised China as a feminist icon who defied gender norms. Uh, Don Heineken, a professor of women's and gender studies at the University of Louisville, wrote in 2004, she was demonized as a feminist who challenged male dominance. Her latest and most popular incarnation was that of a sex symbol. She was the first woman to compete in the Royal Rumble match and is the only woman to have held the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Luke Weekly, a Sports Illustrated, listed China as the 79th greatest wrestler of all time. Interesting. Beth Phoenix credits China with breaking down doors in the industry and independent wrestler Kimberly credits her as her influence to get into wrestling. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Uh, that was the episode of China. I got to say there was a lot of, a lot of great things happening in, in that career and that life and a lot of terrible things. We had a first women's IC champion. I think only women's IC champion. We had uh, the first women's Royal Rumble entrance uh, ever. A lot of first, 
What's your guys' take on China? Because we know as of right now, she has been inducted into the Hall of Fame, but it's more of like a, well, I'd say it's like it is a group induction. It was like she's almost an afterthought once again. I, I, I can't believe China is always kind of viewed as this afterthought in wrestling. Uh, a woman that achieves so much, uh, the first of so many different aspects of wrestling and things outside of wrestling too. Uh, what's your take? Do you think she's worth more than a DX Hall of Fame induction? I guess that's my question. I think when I first heard that she was going to be put in the Hall of Fame as part of DX, I was like, oh, that's kind of bullshit. That's kind of like an easy way out. But then when, if you really watch their speech and and they all kind of independently pay tribute to her and they put her picture up on the big screen, I think that's, I think they did really good inside that group induction of you know, putting the spotlight on her for a little bit and saying, look, like she's no longer with us. Um, Triple H even said she was a huge reason as to why I got over to where I could become the single star I became. So he did. And, and you know, that was a lot coming from him. And people could say what they want about Triple H and the politics and blah, blah, blah. But, but I mean, the fact that he was they brought her name up and they spoke, they could have easily just inducted her and put her picture up there and not really touched on her. But instead, like six X-Pac, whatever you want to call him, one to three kid. Um, he went out of his way to say how much he loved her and respected her and what she did. And Sean did too. And so did Triple H. Like I just said, he mentioned that, you know, she was a huge reason as to why he became a single star. And he and he's right. Like putting her with him in the beginning as his bodyguard completely gave him that opening to become the single star that he became. If that didn't happen, I don't know if Triple H ever would have gotten over. Like, I really don't. Like, I don't know if they would have trusted him going forward in those storylines because he didn't get with Stephanie until later, you know. So Triple H was in there in 96, you know, grinding it out in WWE. 95, actually, I take it back, 95. He was in there grinding it out, and then he got punished for the curtain call, which is a totally different podcast altogether, Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of just was trying anything. And then when they brought China in, to be his second slash bodyguard, it changed everything for him. So I'm glad that they individually took time to really pay tribute to her and in an important way. And they, like I said, they put their her picture on the big screen and, you know, saluted her and all that stuff. So because they did that, I, I'm not mad that she did not get put in separately, individually. I think, yes, a couple of months ago, I would say, yes, she deserves to be in there separately. But because she's passed and because... You know, she can't speak for herself and all that stuff. I think it's it's fine that they put her in like this. And again, the tribute that they paid to her, fitting, and I, I'm satisfied with that. Hmm. I, I guess I disagree a little bit. I do think she should be inducted on her own based on that merit. I really believe that one day they, they will figure out a way to get that done. I Just like, I hate to bring it up, just like, oh, one day there's going to be an Owen Hart induction and it will be individualized. It will happen. Uh, I th- I think it will happen. I think there's going to be a time where they'll figure out a way to make it work. It'll be a tribute. Um, maybe it'll be one of those legacy sets, where, but it'll be an individual induction eventually. So, but I do agree. That was a great uh, segment on China throughout that whole thing. I can't believe that it'll go that long, but it was entertaining. I think start to finish the DX induction. It was great all the way around. I really wasn't bored. And the section on China was was absolutely fantastic and fitting, deserving. Uh, they could have done more with, with China's induction, and I would have been fine with it. So um, 
the last question I have, I guess, before we wrap it up, I know that Sean Waltman talked briefly about calling the Women's Royal Rumble, uh, what was it, like the China Rumble or China Royal Rumble or the China Invitational Battle Royal. No, I'm sorry, yeah, the Battle Royal. Excuse me, yeah, like the Andre. Yeah, yeah so instead of the yeah Andre Giant Memorial, it'd be the China Memorial Women's Battle Royal. Uh, disagree? Agree? Is I that totally right? agree. Why not? I agree. Yeah. So. I was, I was, you know, I had the same problem too when she got inducted with the DX at first, <clears throat> with DX, I should say. Um, but then I thought about it. I was like, well, she'll, you know, she'll eventually get her own. And hey, Triple H is going in first time, you know, as a group as well. So, yeah, yeah, and it's because even though been, Triple H is on top, you know, there, yeah, but. but he's been active still, and I understand why they haven't done it yet. Yeah, of course. But yeah, going in as a group, if Triple H can go in as a group first, certainly there's there's hope for for China. I hope know. they do it though. They better do it though. Yeah, That's the thing. She does deserve her own. Yeah, I agree with that. So, China Memorial Women's Battle Royal, something to be talked about. Hopefully, in the near future. Uh, like I said, guys, deserving. This is the OWP. This is uh, Butters. Well, hang. I I kind of want to throw some in real quick. I apologize. We'll pull an edit. You know, <laughs> it, no, no, no. We can keep it live. Okay. You know, this is only our third episode, but this particular episode we touched on a lot of really like rough and sensitive subjects, and you know, we somebody uh, was Triple H making a lot of comments towards Dave. Um, we, you know, and and we're not trying to offend. This is there's a lot of because of China, you know, drug abuse. Uh, you know, pornos, um, you know, just infidelity, things like that, you know, were a part of her life and a part of the story. And our job is to keep things lighthearted and make people laugh. And I, I we did use the R word a lot. I did. I, I'll take ownership of that. Um, and we didn't cut it out for a reason because we like to keep things. That was we were referencing an actual storyline that happened. So it wasn't something that we were just making up to, to, to try to be funny. Um, you know, it, it, we don't take light of these subjects and we just want everyone to know that this was a pretty heavy episode when you really think about it because of the way she passed and, you know, what she was involved after she got out of wrestling, her life, I think I mentioned earlier, kind of started swirling down the drain. Um, and that's unfortunate. And, and, you know, we, we want to keep people laughing. You know, we didn't cut things out on purpose because we want to be as honest as possible on this podcast and we want to keep people laughing. We did use a lot of sensitive subjects to make people laugh earlier. If you're offended, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, that's just kind of what we do. And and Playing up, we, it just, it's also just to give you some backing there. It's it's really difficult to not make light of it when WWE was banking off of it every single. Well, time. exactly. Yeah. And I think I I, I went awkward. off on my tangent earlier, you know, about it because of the fact that um, they really wrote that into storyline yeah. in, in the year 2000. Of, of, apparently, that was acceptable. You can you know make you know storylines up that you kind of you know, slept with someone against their will. And that was fine. That was part of the storyline and it made sense and whatever. And that's, that's pretty uh, really, bad. That's yeah. the way it was, you know, and when, when you people, when people get, Oh God, America's so pussyfied now. And, you know, we're so PC. I'm like, you, you forget from like 98 or 97 really to like, God, the mid to late two thousands, we were really desensitized to all this uh, schmutz. And all the stuff that was on TV and, you know, again, you could take the side of like, oh, come on, get over it. It's just words. It's just this. great times. And it is true. Great time. <laughs> but um, but I mean, like, you know, but at the same time, like we're we're suffering a backlash of that now. We're going majorly the other way and going PG, especially ever since the Janet Jackson nipple slip. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, that's what started this whole thing and and, and us going the other way. And I think to balance this out as a, a society, 
we got to recognize where we came from. The late 90s, early 2000s were pretty rough, man, in the sense of like there was crazy stuff that was allowed on TV. I mean, just talking about wrestling storylines, but, you know, Jerry Springer stuff, Jesus. And South Park and all this stuff that was like dumbing we were, down. Yeah, we got really numb to down. a lot of super serious stuff that we made, you know, jokes out of. So, again, you know, we don't mean to offend anybody, but we're not going to change who we are either. But at the same time, we were I was, keeping, I was keeping it in the context of the liter- the legit storyline that they wrote and aired on television how the character of Triple H and the character of Stephanie McMahon got together was from that storyline. I didn't That's I literally though. did not make that up. You can't okay. make it so up. I, I just wanted I wanted to say that because you know she China passed away. And unfortunately, that stuff, even though that happened on air, off the air, it was pretty controversial and, you know, uh, adult themed as well. And, you know, the way she passed away from drug abuse and, you know, we're not trying to make light of any of that. We really wanted to pay tribute to China because, you know, she was a huge part of professional wrestling and she was a huge part of uh, women and their movement. And she's a huge part of just what we remember in our twenties growing up, you know, with her and DX China and DX and all that stuff. So that's all I wanted to say. I, 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 you know, we're here to make people laugh. This was a pretty heavy episode in the sense of we were talking about a lot of different subjects. I think at the end of the day, we were talking about this a little earlier off air and uh, China is a lot. And this sounds really crazy, but she's a, she's a Roger Maris. If you guys don't know who Roger Maris is, she's, he, he actually broke Babe Ruth's home run record. And I want, I want to say for at least three decades, they tried to erase that with an asterisk. Like it really didn't happen because he had more games to play than Babe Ruth did. China has been, in a lot of ways, breaking ground. She was bigger than the well, game. And I think you said like about him, he actually didn't want the blues. He didn't want it. She didn't yeah. want it. He didn't want to break the record. He just wanted to show up and play every day. Yeah. And by doing that, he actually broke his record. He did. He wasn't as... Uh, you know, Babe Ruth was flamboyant. Babe Ruth was all these things. And, was was not that. That. Yeah. and China wasn't that either, but China wanted to be part of something bigger. And she did step up to the to the plate. You know, part of- when you really think about it, she never spoke, but her character was super loud. But char- China never really spoke in the beginning that much at all. And, and, then, and, then, and then she did promos, you know, after she became, you know. Uh, you know, China and she yeah. won the IC belt and all that stuff. They had her start cutting promos and all that stuff. But really, like, China was super silent in the beginning, you know, but her character was so loud. Yeah. You were like, what's who's that? She became bigger than wrestling in a lot of ways, even though she never asked for that. And she also never asked for that, uh, that feminist uh, movement. She never spoke out no. on it. She never went to, to war with it. Uh, she just proved it. She And sometimes that just happens, whether you like it or not you are bigger than something than you actually are. And that, that's just, that's just where she fell into. And she's part of a dynamic time in wrestling and she changed wrestling in a lot of ways. She, she made was inspiring things, she a lot made, of girls. She's inspired to a lot of people. Yeah. She, she made Very things happen that general. wouldn't happen before you can argue that women's wrestling wouldn't be as advanced as it is now without her because women wouldn't get those chances beforehand. We were watching a lot of bikini matches, bra and panty matches, mud wrestling matches before China. And, came and unfortunately play. after China, we, yeah, but, it, but we you can, suffer through that stuff. Too. Yeah. You, but you can, you can argue. And I mean that in the sense of like, people would be like, really, you suffered through bra and panties. Yeah, I did because it was bad. It was we, bad. Again, like I said earlier, we like wrestling. wrestling. We yeah, like professional exactly. wrestling. Yeah. And I, I didn't enjoy uh, you know, sure, I we mean, all get a reaction. Ooh, look, look at Trish in their underwear. That's, that's fine. Stuff like but that. But I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, we didn't want women. That's not why you turned it on. 
Yeah, and China, yeah, and China turned the tide there. She really did. I mean, I know we saw more after that too, and that because, quite frankly, that's what they thought was working. And eventually, people got sick of that too. And then, guess what? Women actually started to get chances and starting to step up. And now you're seeing um, an incredible women's revolution. And now you're seeing a main event at WrestleMania that is an all women's match. So. Um, I could say I could say without any kind of issue. Thank you, China, for starting a movement that you never intended to start, but you were still able to make something happen. So with that, guys, uh, like I said, all I can say is thank you, China. Um, thanks for uh, everything that you know we see to. Well, maybe not today, but thanks for everything that we saw in a wrestling that in a wrestling, time of wrestling that was at its absolute peak. And thanks for bringing around the women's movement that we see now. I think it's uh, pretty impressive the level of women's wrestling that we see today. A lot of times they're better than the guys. I hate, I don't hate to say it. I, I kind of love to say it. There's some better technical wrestlers out there on the female side of the roster than than some guys are on the roster today because of things like that. So yep. pretty awesome. Um, with that, this is the OWP. This is Butters along with Jess and Cuz signing off. Lighten up, bitches. <laughs>